like we got ourselves our fifth gym badge, Giraffe Rig. I know, right? How stupid could they be? Putting a Wheatland against a Giraffe Rig? I mean, who do they think they are? Youngster Joey. <laughs> I am the game. Hey, who let you out of your pokey? Oh, oh my gosh. Triple, Triple H is evolving. Wait, but how? Oh no. Giraffe Rig, did we, did we keep the randomizer on? Yes! Oh god, no! That means. That means you can turn into anything, Hunter House Helmsley, terrorizing, or even. Dakota. Wait! What? Wait! If. If Triple H evolved into. Dakota Kai! That means. We did it, Giraffe Rig! We. We buried Triple H! Yes! We did it! We did it! Wow! That... That was a real evolution! You get it? Because Evie was Dakota Kai's previous name before she came to NXT? Evie... Evolution? What? I mean, I mean, come on! I mean, it wasn't that bad! I mean, evolution is a real mystery! We we all have a little bit of motorhead, right? Uh, officer! I, I swear! I, I did nothing wrong! No! Please, officer! I, I swear! I'll, I'll write better jokes next week! I'll write better jokes next week! of the Wrestling With Fiction podcast, we'll be discussing the captain of Team Kick herself, it's Dakota Kai! One of my thoughts on her potentially winning the NXT Women's Championship, should she turn face, and where on earth will she go next? So for now, tell your friends, tell your friendliest friends, tell them all about this new and exciting edition of the Wrestling With Fiction Ladies, gentlemen, and lady gentlemen, my fictional friends, welcome to the Wrestling With Fiction podcast. We have another episode of this. So, as I'm trying to get better at plugging this stuff, if you enjoy this episode, or you've been watching this previously, share this episode with your friends, your friendliest friends, and maybe one day they'll become a fictional friend, as this week we are pitching storylines for Dakota Kai. Probably, in my opinion, one of the biggest missed opportunities in NXT for the longest time. I... I absolutely adored her character like when she first kind of came in she kind of felt when she first started as kind of the new sort of replacement bailey you know what i mean like she just had that kind of like bubbly like happy-go-lucky kind of appeal which i think a lot of people were starting to get behind the stuff with Shayna baszler was fantastic and then she got injured for about nine months and then she eventually got back on her feet she turned heel on tegan knox uh, then aligned herself with Raquel Gonzalez, won the Dusty Rose Tag Team Classic, had a shot at the NXT Women's Championship in Io Shirai at NXT TakeOver 30, and now it kind of feels like she's being lost in the spotlight to Raquel Gonzalez, who's now on the up and up. And I feel like, what better time to talk about Dakota Kai than at this exact point? Because she could literally kind of go anywhere. She could go up to the main roster, because her time in NXT, I, I assume, is fairly limited. Just from the amount of stuff she's done. She could still go for other shots. Maybe like NXT Women's Championship. I don't know. But maybe we'll get into that. Through the first segment of this podcast. A little segment that I like to call the tagline. If this is your first time 
listening to this podcast, the tagline is basically my 30-word summary of my thought process of how I'm going to use the character. Think of it like a presentation that you'd see on Netflix. Just your 30-word summary telling you what this is all about. So, without further ado, I believe that it's time to cue the music, future me! Okay, so Dakota's character is one that's particularly interesting. Because while she hasn't had the most, I'd say, exposure on the NXT roster, all the storylines that she's had have been extremely integral to the character that she is today. Her stuff with Shayna Baszler that we've already talked about, the stuff with her returning, her tag team with Tegan Knox, her recent alliance with Raquel Gonzalez, it all ties into this much big sort of like overarching plotline of Dakota Kai, which is basically the happy-go-lucky wrestler that got bullied so much that she ended up becoming a bully herself. Arguably worse to an extent. If you remember the beatdown she gave on Tika Knox when she first turned, yeah, things changed like a lot. And it's probably the most interesting aspect that we can really play with as people wanting to pitch a storyline. Because the story of the happy-go-lucky wrestler becoming a bully and having to deal with that conflict is something that hasn't really been explored much in WWE. Because face and heel turns sometimes happen sporadically. So, for this week's sort of tagline, it is becoming the thing that she hated. A woman barred with injuries seeks to cause pain that she herself has never been able to recover from. Very short, very simple. It explains Dakota Kai's like history with injuries, both in storyline and in real life. It also covers basically her heel turn, which was that she was being constantly overlooked. If you want to go back to all the backstage segments for it, it's pretty much that, especially like when she first beat Tika Knox at Portland. All that context is previously there. Now, where we go from here is going to be the fun part, because there's plenty of room for her to turn face, there's plenty of room for her to turn heel, and there's a lot of very fun challenges that you can pick with this. And for me, that's very exciting, particularly because I think Dakota Kai is brilliant. I think, for my money, I think she should probably win the NXT Women's Championship. But we'll get into that and how that could work. But first, I think it's time that we get onto our very first storyline. And if you guys think that you could pitch this better or have a better tagline, you can tell me these on Twitter at Connor the Cooper, or you can just tell me on Instagram at Wrestling With Fiction. Either one would work. I would absolutely love to hear your suggestions for this as we go into our very first storyline pitch. And Dakota Kai is going to need to play her cards right because she's going to be facing a real submission magician. Alright, uh, I've just lost all my credibility in about 10 seconds, that's good. That's, that, that's, that's pretty fast into this episode, so that's great. So we're just gonna talk about Shayna Baszler for a bit. First of all, kind of a super downer ending for Dakota Kai. Like, her whole story about, you know, being bullied by Shayna Baszler, having her arm broken by Shayna, like, having a match against Shayna after that injury recovered, only to lose, and have Nikki Cross come in, steal her spotlight, hold the NXT Women's Championship for a bit. Yeah, uh, short summary of this story, 
I want Dakota to get her win back. And what better way for her to get her win back than a surprise, I guess you can say debut, on the main roster for a bit. So, how does this all come about? So, we are assuming on WWE scheduled timelines here. It is the night after WrestleMania. Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler are still the NXT, not the NXT, WWE Women's Tag Team Champions. They have just on this episode of Raw defended their tag team championships against Naomi and... Jesus Christ, Lana! There we go, forgot about Lana. I, 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 I should be happy, I guess. <laughs> forgot all the table spots. So... From that, they are basically in the ring, Shayna Baszler's cunning a promo, talking about how she and Nia Jax are a dominant force in the WWE. They've gone to every single brand and every place they have left bodies broken, battered and bloody because they are an unstoppable team. They are an unstoppable force and together they are are the horrible reality of WWE. Just two monster powerhouses looking to destroy everything. And so, as Shayna Baszler is doing this, she is daring anyone who believes that they can do this to step up. And, well, the lights go out. The Titantron is the main piece of attention. And we see... On the Titan shot, a series of security guards all just sort of battered on the floor, just completely knocked out on this specific low angle close up shot of a person wearing a knee brace. And who who on earth could that be? Why why it's it couldn't be the topic of this week's episode that is Dakota Kai. It is Dakota Kai. And guess what? Because she's still technically a member of the NXT roster, this is an invasion! <laughs> so yes, Dakota Kai technically makes her WWE debut, dragging a security guard just with this cold, dead stare, looking over at Shayna Baszler on the ramp. Just... Shayna Baszler kind of looks like she's seen a ghost since... I'm kind of dealing with the WWE continuity here that NXT stories don't exist. So that's why, even though they had a promo segment, I'm not really fully mentioning it because WWE won't mention it. So yeah, a little bit of logic in there. So basically, she's just walking down to the ring, holding up her knee brace, kind of like how she did when she first turned heel. And, you know, she had that one entrance with her new theme song, just overlaid with her just like smacking the cage door on Tegan Knox. Absolutely keep that in for this. I, th this will be integral later. So she's walking down just with this cold, dead stare, holding up the knee brace. Nia Jax, not intimidated by Dakota at all, just kind of goes down there. And she's just asking, who the hell do you think you are? You, you think that you can stop us? Where, where's your friends? Where, where's all your friends down in NXT? You are... And before she gets another word out, Dakota Kai smashes Nia Jax with the knee brace. And Shayna Baszler, rather than, you know, go help her friend, uh, Nia Jax in this situation, who, in storyline, were they really friends? Like... I'm pretty sure Shayna Baszler kind of despised Nia Jax for most of it. Anyways, uh, yeah, Dakota Kai is basically beating the living S-word out of Nia Jax, but her vision is still completely locked on Shayna Baszler. And, yeah, Shayna just smiles at the idea of Dakota Kai coming in and thinking that she can just take her spot as being this dominant character. And she just leaves the ring as Dakota Kai proceeds to beat up Nia Jax. So, we cut to the next week of Raw. Where, you know, we get a little... Because you know how Raw works. You get 
your little backstory video package just basically showing Dakota Kai be just being really cool, really. Just knocking out Nia Jax, who is probably twice her size. And just having Shayna Baszler just kind of watch on. And it's revealed by Adam Pearce that Dakota Kai beat up Nia Jax so badly with the knee brace that she is unable to defend the WWE Women's Tag Team Championships, thereby forcing Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler to be stripped of the tag team titles. Why are we doing this specifically? Well, it kind of makes the titles actually mean something if you have people legitimately upset that they lost the belts, which is the case for Shayna Baszler, because while she may not have really cared for Nia Jax, she does care about titles, and she does care about her just having the opportunity to beat up as many people as possible. So, throughout this entire night, Shayna Baszler is looking for Adam Pearce, just asking where the hell is Dakota. And when he finally gets to, you know, interact with Adam Pearce, she's just grabbing him by the shirt, because you may as well make her super intimidating. If you're going to have her have her... MMA background in there, have her actually be super intimidating to male people on the roster. And Adam Pearce, of course, terrified as all hell by this, just says that Dakota Kai is still an NXT superstar. She's not contracted to Raw. That was an invasion. She should not even be in the building. And of course, as this all happens, because... You know, since when has this ever stopped people from invading brands? I'm looking at you, Superstar Shake-Up. Dakota Kai has an entrance into the ring, and she's carrying around this black sling that, you know, she had when she was first injured by Shayna Baszler. And she walks into the ring, she grabs a microphone, and she cuts this specific promo. A lot of you probably don't know who I am. And quite frankly, you shouldn't. Because of this, she holds up just the sling that she was injured with, and she continues just stating that Shayna Baszler tried to end her career, and that she'd spent an entire year working her way back onto her feet. And in that year, all she had from that moment was more and more people come up to her, take advantage of her, bully her, because someone like Shayna Baszler came over to her and took advantage of her good nature. Well, guess what, Shayna? That good nature is gone. She continues just stating that I debated for the past six months whether I should take the call up and see you, Shayna. But I... I... Ever since you left NXT, I... I found that there was something missing to myself. And that was revenge. Because... Shayna... You took away my career, so I'm going to end yours. So if you want to be a superstar, Shayna, I'll be the son that destroys you. And then she just rips apart the, pretty much the sling, and she's just pretty much gave her warning to Shayna Baszler that she's going to beat the living S-word out of her. She's already taken away the tag titles, Shayna's already kind of pissed. So, of course, this leads to an entire bloody brawl between the two. On the ramp, security trying to break them up, both of them proceeding to beat up the security to get back to brawling each other, to a point where Adam Pearce says that enough is enough. You two are going to settle this at the next pay-per-view. I'm going to say backlash because, God damn it, I miss backlash at the sort of ending or post-Wrestlemania, I demand that Backlash come back and we're keeping it in. So, we move on from this. And of course, 
assuming that we have to have sort of the WWE audience get more familiar with Dakota Kai, over the coming weeks we're going to get video packages of Dakota Kai just, you know, like her best moments. You know, a la the Rhea Ripley video package, or... Yeah, just mostly the Rhea Ripley one, because that's the recent one that comes to mind. And, you know, we get a couple squash matches for her against, you know, the likes of... Um, Mandy Rose, Dana Brooke, Lana. You know, maybe even add in Naomi so you can say that she's pinned a former women's champion. And her entrance is how you'd kind of expect it to be for someone who's depicted as an invading force. Uh, she's constantly surrounded by security. And if any of you used to watch Lance Archer back in New Japan, she basically, in her entrance that I kind of imagine... She takes the knee brace that she kind of carries around with her and she just pretty much decks a security guard in the middle of her entrance. Just kind of as a, you know, psychological tactic to get into the minds of whoever she's facing. But of course that doesn't affect Shayna Baszler, who of course continues to have more matches sort of put over her eventual pay-per-view match. And we get to the final week before the pay-per-view. And is a contract signing. And I know what you're thinking. It's a contract signing. We've been through enough of these. Do we really need it to be a contract signing? Well, it's basically one where they're basically signing consent to say, regardless of who wins, the WWE is not liable for what we're about to see. Really put over, you know, like a really gritty, like, woman's storyline that... You know, you can have video packages harkening back to their, like, times in NXT and how Shayna was the bully. And then over time, because of it, Dakota Kai became the bully. Kind of comes up in my idea of, like, Shayna Baszler's promo that even when she left, she was the reality of Dakota Kai. She dictated what she would do next. Because when Shayna Baszler left, all you did was you tried to be the next me. And you couldn't. That's why you had to get a muscle like Raquel Gonzalez. And look what happened. She overshadowed you. Just like how I'm going to overshadow you and choke you out at Backlash. <laughs> of course, Dakota Kai doesn't really, you know, acknowledge this, so to speak. She kind of just is completely dead set on just taking out Shayna Baszler. She is not saying a word. She's just smiling. And, of course, that annoys Shayna Baszler, who's just asking her to just sort of, like, say something. Dakota Kai's really in sort of the mind of Shayna Baszler at this point. And, as you kind of see, security guards break them up once again, so they don't end up destroying the contracts. Or anything involving it. Save it for the pay-per-view. And the match! There's a couple ways that the match would kind of go for me. You either have... Shayna Baszler just get absolutely destroyed by Dakota Kai in which I'm talking Dakota Kai just kicks the living S word out of Shayna Baszler like not even just like her big boots or kicks just like on the floor just like constantly stamping you know like how Kofi Kingston at Wrestlemania 35 as a counter to Daniel Bryan like held Daniel Bryan's arms together and then just proceeded to stomp the living S word out of him that's, that's what I imagine Dakota Kai would do. And it would lead to, like, a referee stoppage. I know, a referee stoppage. But you know what? That would be a unique finish. And I think it would get over Dakota Kai as an absolute boss. That she just walks in. She's destroyed male security guards. Destroyed and severed a tag team. And within the same month has beaten the person that not only bullied her for the majority of her NXT career, but also had a huge win on the main roster. And of course, with it, y you have to call up to Kai from this point, because there's, there's no other way. Because you've just had her just completely destroy some big key components of your main roster. And that's kind of a main introduction. And, you know, at the end of the match, Dakota Kai, she's, you know, she gets a brief little promo asking like, hey, uh, 
now that your like revenge has been quelled, are, are you satisfied? Are you gonna go back to being the happy-go-lucky Dakota Kai of the previous like year ago? And she, she doesn't look or say anything about it. She just walks off. And this would be where the storyline ends, and it's pretty much where it does end for this whole feud. But I, I just want to pitch the idea real quickly of what I would do after this. And it's basically have Dakota Kai come out and essentially interrupt whoever is the women's champion at the time. Either Asuka or Rhea Ripley, it doesn't really matter which. And as she's doing that, she's not really saying anything. And who comes in from behind to attack Rhea Ripley? It's Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax. In which they form a free man faction based on... Not free man faction. Free woman faction. Jesus Christ. Free woman faction. Led by Dakota Kai. Basically explaining it as... Dakota Kai bullied them so much and so badly that they're almost terrified of her. And under that sort of like jurisdiction, just follow her unconditionally for a period of time. And purely because I just kind of want another woman's faction, I think that would be quite cool. It would be interesting to put Dakota Kai in the spotlight. And maybe even have her win the women's title. I don't know. And for me, that kind of build up maybe a potential Shayna Baszler face turn, which I'd be curious about. It, it can kind of have Nia Jax take a lot of the pins and be sort of like an imposing force of like a bunch of baby faces to overcome. There's a lot of very fun dynamics about like the idea of Dakota Kai becoming such a bully that she bullies her old bully and becomes like the big bad bully. That's a weird way of phrasing it, but I think it does a lot of very, like, interesting dynamics that really play into, like, the history of these competitors. And yeah, that's... It's probably the most interesting one I've thought of for this episode. And so, I'm, I'm not going to take any time because I realise I've probably just spent about... a little over, like, 20 minutes on this one. So, we're going to move on to the next pitch. And... It's one that you'd kind of expect considering her current time in NXT. In which Dakota Kai is going to have another clash with the genius of the skies. Io Shirai. Yes! It's about time we get to this point. So I'm going to be straight here. I I really want Dakota Kai to eventually be the NXT Women's Champion. I'm, I'm very biased. I'll admit that. She's probably my favorite wrestler in NXT. Just as like an all-around performer. I, I think Dakota Kai is great. And I think Io Shirai's reign has really run its course. And I don't want her to lose the belt to Raquel Gonzalez. So, how does this all come about? First of all, after NXT TakeOver Stand and Deliver, you know, Amazon Prime. And, basically, we continue on from a very brief segment that we had when Io Shirai just kind of entered. and went to look at Raquel Gonzalez with a brief little stare down. Uh, if you guys remember that segment very well, uh, Dakota Kai's the first one to really just sort of stare at Io as she's making her entrance, and she just walks past her. She completely overlooks her, which sounds incredibly familiar to, oh, how did Dakota Kai want to turn heel initially? Oh, it was because she was overlooked, undervalued by her teammates, and more importantly, wasn't given the opportunities that she felt she deserved. Many of which, in storyline up to this point, has been her just asking, hey, I I want to have a tag match or a singles match so that I can have a win. Let's let's use this. So, after NXT TakeOver, we essentially have Dakota Kai asking William Regal how, not really asking, demanding that she gets an NXT women's title shot once again. Because it was all the way back at NXT TakeOver 30 
that she had her last shot at the bell. Why, why has she been given more opportunities of this? She's an inaugural NXT Tag Team Champion, and she's the first ever women's Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic Cup winner, along with Raquel. And of course, William Regal just kind of reminds her about the the first time they had a talk about this, when she first aligned with Raquel Gonzalez. And he mentions specifically in this promo that Dakota Kai has not earned anything since she's aligned with Raquel Gonzalez. She is, by all accounts, had Raquel Gonzalez be her muscle and everything. She hasn't earned it on her own. The right way. You know, the classic babyface way. And she brings up, you know, her old past of being, you know, stomped by Shayna Baszler and saying that, look, whatever happened there was a truly horrible, disgusting thing. But to let it get out of hand as it is, this this isn't you. And if you want to beat Io Shirai, you can't just be putting on this act. And of course, Dakota Kai denies this because, you know, she's been in this whole thing for about a year. And we gradually have, over the next couple months, her having these singles matches where she's, well, she's taking a lot more just sort of like more babyface approaches to things. To a point where, you know, Raquel Gonzalez is almost kind of calling her out on it. Like, you could have taken advantage of this. Why, why didn't you? And Dakota Kai just resisted just saying that, well, I could beat her without it because I want to prove I'm the best wrestler in NXT. I don't need to cheat to win. I can cheat, but I don't need to cheat. And so we eventually get a clash between Dakota Kai, Io Shirai, and she essentially just asks and demands an NXT Women's title shot from her. And Io pretty much repeats the stuff that she said in the build-up to TakeOver 30. That she doesn't see a contender. She sees just... You know, little Dakota who got herself beaten up by Shayna Baszler. And of course, this just leads to a brawl. Not much is really led up after that, except, you know, a number one contenders match between multiple women in the women's division. Uh, I'm going to say Zoe Starks, Raquel Gonzalez, Dakota Kai, um, Casey Catanzaro. Uh, was it Lacey Lane? No, that was her main classic name. Caden Carter, that's the name. Uh, Zia Lee, just a lot of, like, figures in your roster, it's a big battle royal, and Raquel Gonzalez is taken out early because of the group type of dynamic, because now tag teams are a thing, and it comes down to just Dakota Kai and, I'm gonna say, Shotzi Blackheart, because they're both former people before Io Shirai, who didn't really get much opportunities after they had their match, and yeah! Uh, Dakota wins, and we build to NXT TakeOver, uh, you know what, we're gonna keep with the trend of Backlash, so NXT TakeOver Backlash, <laughs> which honestly has a nice ring to it. So we have this, where they're just gradually building up Dakota Kai, and Io Shirai, to a point where we finally get to the match, and... My plan for this match is very specific. And it's Io Shirai targets all of the injuries that Dakota Kai has had in the past. The knee, the shoulders, the arms, just pretty much just her entire right or left side at this point. And just really embracing, you know, the genius of the Sky moniker. Like doing drop kicks or doing specific high flying maneuvers to target body parts. Think. If you've watched New Japan, Robbie Eagles is a great example of that. And, you know, there's a point in it where the referee tries to stop this match because it looks like Dakota Kai can't compete in this anymore. And Dakota Kai is just sort of denying it. And eventually she starts getting a little bit of, like, babyface offense until, well, the referee is knocked out. And we see a return of Io Shirai's older habits. Like, a moonsault with a chair. 
You see where this is going? Yes! In case you didn't know already, this is gonna be a double turn! We are turning Io Shirai heel and gradually turning Dakota Kai into a baby face because quite frankly, I think that Io Shirai was a much better heel and whilst Dakota has been a really good heel, she just feels like a natural born baby face. You see her in interviews, you see her in wrestling matches. Her offense feels so much more like a baby face thing to me. So yes, this is exactly how I'm kind of envisioning Io Shirai taking advantage of the body parts that have been beaten and battered over the years so that eventually she can, you know, maintain her like top of the mantle status of the NXT women's division. And you know, bring back crazy EO. You know, it feels like when she won the NXT Women's Championship, they really toned down the, like, crazy psychotic nature of her character to be like, oh, I'm the face of this division. I must stop everyone in this division. And don't get me wrong, Io's a great wrestler. But to me, they really, like, undermined her character by doing it. Why, just saying that she's now this baby face, which, by the way, came out of nowhere... Like, did- was there any indication that she turned face, other than, like, the crowd was cheering her? Like, I, I would have loved just, like, a basic face turn, but I'm- I'm getting on a tangent here. Basically, Io Shirai beats the living s of Dakota Kai, and we start to build, over the next couple months, Dakota Kai having her sort of, like, knee injury recovery. You see video packages of her and Raquel Gonzalez just trying to- like, train her back up so that eventually she can be the one to dethrone Io Shirai, the person who, you know, bullied a bunch of the people who, you know, Dakota Kai was also big friends with at the time when she was a face, like Candice LeRae. And then even the people who did bully her, like Shayna Baszler. Just all this other stuff that feels like it ties really well into Dakota Kai's story. And her, like, trying to get rid of her, like, bullyish tendencies to really get back on track. I think that's a very interesting dynamic. And you pay it off with Dakota Kai winning the NXT Women's Championship, like, I think she should have done, against Shayna Baszler. Of course, it ended up being Rhea Ripley. And, yeah. It was a great moment, but I think the storyline stuff felt so perfect for Dakota Kai that I was so disappointed with it. Not disappointed in Rhea Ripley winning, just more of that Dakota Kai didn't really get the payoff to her whole feud, but we've already been over that. And what does this feud between Io Shirai and Dakota Kai get over? Well, it gets over Dakota Kai as this kind of heel, slowly sort of finding the error of her rays, realizing that she has become no better than the things that she tried to stop. Uh, basically, reasserting Io Shirai is probably one of the best wrestlers in not only just NXT, but in all of WWE. And really getting her character over to sort of solidify that and have more character-based matches. I think it would be really interesting. And, you know, it freshens up the entire women's division if you turn Io Shirai heel. So, yeah. Moving on from that, we have our final pitch for this episode. And I think I almost revealed it very early on. So, yes, we've already had Dakota Kai face a submission magician. We've had her face a genius of the skies. But how about she faces a ninja warrior? Uh, yeah, I, I can't pretend that I know how to sing Casey Catanzaro's theme, so yeah, Casey Catanzaro. If you're expecting a theme, I'm very sorry. Yes. The person who I think right now in NXT is basically your most purest babyface that you have on your roster right now. Because it's like anyone who is a pure babyface in NXT or WWE just seems to get corrupted. Why can't we just have a pure babyface anymore? Like Sami Zayn turned into an evil conspiracy theorist. Uh... Candice LeRae, happy bubbly person with the never back down, never back down. Yeah, she backed down and she turned heel. Her husband, Johnny Gargano, had a whole year or two long storyline of him 
going to the dark side after being a pure boy. Why? <laughs> Anyways, that's a whole other tangent. Casey Catanzaro, I fear for you turning heel because I don't know how that would work. <laughs> I really don't. And so we continue on with this idea. This whole thing starts out with a regular tag match. Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez versus Caden Carter and Casey Catanzaro. This pretty much starts how you would kind of expect it to happen. Uh, Casey Catanzaro gets a lucky roll-up win on Dakota Kai. And Dakota Kai is furious. And I mean furious. She just attacks Casey Catanzaro after the match. Raquel Gonzalez helps out with it. He'll stand tall. And then we go to next week. We have a singles match between Casey Catanzaro and Dakota Kai just after that whole thing. And of course, Casey Catanzaro wins again. Because at some point, they're gonna have to push her in some capacity. Because the amount of rumble spot potential this woman has is insane. You can't just have her come out out of nowhere and just be in the rumble. That, that kind of just feels like something that's probably going to happen. So you build her character now. And it's built off Dakota Kai's just new kind of heel persona. And how Casey Katanzaro reminds her of a younger Dakota Kai. Someone just ignorant and belligerent believing that everybody is going to be their friend. Case in point... Casey Catanzaro's whole thing with Zaya Lee. Where, oh yeah, you're my friend, Zaya. No, you're not. She's been forced to train in this super serious, almost like Cobra Kai style training methods. I'm only saying that because I recently watched all of Cobra Kai. <laughs> but, yes, that's kind of part of the reason why this ain't gonna be a long feud. Quite frankly, it really shouldn't be. It's mostly designed to get sort of Dakota Kai as a sort of established star on the roster and not necessarily always constantly in a duo like how she's been since she turned heel with Raquel Gonzalez. Really starting to sort of like establish her on her own, which is kind of what they've already started to do. This is just kind of another way of furthering it where... You just have Dakota Kai essentially just get over her offense a bit more. You know, like the big boot into the corner. The stuff with, like, the big boot on the apron. Really good stuff. Stuff that I think you could really sell with Casey Catanzaro. And you know what? Hell, maybe even break out a new submission finish. Because, you know what? If you're going to be a heel, you may as well get a submission finish. They're really fun. They're cool. It's a good counter. And... If she doesn't want to go with go to kick, there's another option. Some of the best characters in wrestling sometimes have more than one finisher and way to beat an opponent. <laughs> so this whole thing, just a reminder, is Dakota Kai believing that she, or at least Casey Catanzaro, reminds her of a younger Dakota Kai. So of course she just wants to beat the living S-word out of each other. So we get to eventually their final their third match and it's it's a much closer back and forth than you would expect just based off Casey Catanzaro's size Dakota Kai's just overall in ring experience at this point with like wrestling continuity like she's had an NXT women's title match but hasn't really been up there since this is kind of just a match designed to kind of get both characters over get over like Casey Catanzaro as a like rising star in the division and also getting over Dakota Kai as someone who should always be like a contender for the title. That's kind of the purpose of this. And if you want, you can also start teasing some stuff with Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai. By just having it be like, you lost to Casey Catanzaro, the smallest person on our roster. And Dakota Kai, she just tries to defend it. I'll be honest, this one is a lot shorter and sweeter it's basically just very similar to Shelton Benjamin Triple H. If you remember that brief exchange back in like 2004. 
that's kind of the dynamic I'm going for here. And if I'm honest, I think this, the Shayna stuff, and the Eero Shirai stuff, all of it kind of come together as like various storyline ideas that I think, you know, get over like Dakota Kai's like character, which is she's the bully that got bullied. But the potential of where that could go, honestly, if I'm allowed to steal wrestling catchphrases or nicknames, it's truly limitless. <laughs> So that is the end of this week's episode. First of all, before we get into the final bits of this episode, I, I want to apologize if some of this stuff feels kind of extremely rushed or not prepared, as you may have start to expect with the stuff that I make. I've, I've been really bogged down with like university stuff as of late. Just, you know, you know, finishing your degree in a pandemic. Not really the most ideal circumstances. And just kind of being busy all around. So if that's really like hopping the quality for this. I I apologize. And you know. It, I'm just grateful to be doing this. And the amount of people who have listened to this. Always astounds me. And I, I, I can't thank you guys enough. So I'm going to move on from that. Because I realize I'm, I'm getting really cheesy here. To... The final segment of this podcast, which is a good old game of Fantasy Fumble. If you guys don't know what Fantasy Fumble is, it's basically the segment of this podcast where I pitch the weirdest, wackiest storyline I didn't think could fit into the first three. And it's tested and timed. It's completely improvised within a, like, two to three minute span. It's chaotic. It's unhinged. And it's, it's a fantasy nightmare. I'm, I'm sorry to anyone who listens to this. <laughs> so, oh god, I have no idea what to do for this. <laughs> Without further ado, Fantasy Fumble will begin in three, two, one. Fumble! Let the dumpster fire begin! Okay, uh... I'm- I'm very confused what to do here! Uh, okay, yeah, uh, Dakota Kai has a dog. Guess what? Guess who also had a dog at one point? Pharaoh and Cody Rhodes! They had a dog, and he's been mysteriously off TV! So guess what? Dakota Kai's new character is that she, as she goes down to the ring, you know, she does that little, like, crawling thing where she does the side to side. Yeah, she does that, but with her dog! Because it's a cute little adorable dog, and there's no pyro in NXT, it's fine! So, the dog is always constantly at ringside with her. She's constantly at ringside. And guess what? She's having matches with Caden Carter, in which they all want to go and pet the dog. And it's a distraction so that Dakota Kai can boot them in the face with the dog. And guess what? As this all happens, uh, matches ensue. Uh, people try to interact with the dog. The dog gets hit by multiple people. And of course, Dakota Kai is annoyed, she's pissed, it's her doggo, she has a tattoo of the doggo! So she continues to fight on, fight across all of them, including the person who she'll be feuding with, who is, oh my god, I've forgotten the names, Zoe Starks! There we go, we'll just slot in Zoe Starks, I don't care anymore, it's Zoe Starks, who, she's having a brawl with her, they are fighting back and forth and of course she the whole story is about her having more attention with the dog than Dakota Kai does for the dog what is happening how how why what 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 no <laughs> that that happens Dakota Kai wants to interrupt wants to stop it big boots distractions and eventually ending with Dakota Kai winning the match but perhaps not even the heart of the dog as eventually the timekeepers grab the dog they let him off the leash and the dog has to decide who will she choose, Zoe Starks or Dakota Kai? Who is the true love of his life? And of course, it is going to be Dakota Kai because it's her dog. He's raised him from back and forth. It's an adorable story, a la all your favorite dog movies. Maybe like Molly and Me, or uh, trying to think of other dog movies. Uh, 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 what was the one where like various Labradors went to space? It's like that! Team Kick is cool! Uh, 
I, I, ah! <laughs> There's still more! Oh, that continues to happen. Dakota Kai is now awesome. She now has a pet. Jesus Christ! <laughs> what is this? <laughs> what was that? But at least with the Eddie Kingston one, there was kind of a story with the cookie. At least with the Cameron Grimes one, there, there was something with money and him having a whole new identity. This, the kind of guy just brought her dog. What? <laughs> where, where, where was that gonna go? I was gonna think, my thought process was, it was gonna be like Pharaoh, and we were gonna get like Pharaoh versus like Dakota Kai's dog, but then my head got too much in my own head, if you know what I mean. I just decided, no, you can't do that. There's a forbidden door, trademark Tony Khan. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> it, it's the most chaotic part. I hope people stuck around to listen to whatever the hell that was. <laughs> and I'm, I'm gonna end it there. If you guys enjoyed this and you want to get updates on what the next episode will be and, you know, polls and what might happen later in the future, this is how the Dakota Kai one happened. Uh, follow me on Twitter at ConnorTheCooper or follow me on Instagram at WrestlingWithFiction. I... I post a bunch of stuff on there, cheap plugs, and you know, I, I haven't mentioned it since it happened, uh, flipping the, the One Piece thing, uh, OSW Review, uh, they saw the beginning part where I just mentioned them at the beginning of the skit for the One Piece opening, ah, that, that actually happened, so I, I doubt that they're gonna listen to this, especially like near the end, but Thank you to Jay Hunter of OSW Review for, like, listening to it and sharing it around. That was amazing. It's easily the most exposure this podcast has ever been, like, given. So, from the bottom of my heart, thank you to the guys at OSW Review. Love their stuff. You guys probably already watched them, but if you don't, go check them out. They're awesome. And, yeah. I'm gonna have to end it there. So... I hope you guys enjoyed. I hope all of you have a lovely day. And remember everyone, wrestling could always use just a little bit more fiction. See you all. Good night, everybody. 